Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away We have a special presentation for you tonight. Before we get into tonight's presentation, please allow me to give thanks to RBS Activewear for making this presentation possible. RBS Activewear has the online sporting goods process down to a science. They are tremendous communicators, time efficient, and their products are second to none. Let RBS Activewear exceed your online ordering expectations. Trust me, you'll thank me for introducing you to RBS Activewear. Tonight's presentation is dedicated to one of the finest human beings I've had the privilege to call a friend, Coach Steve Platt. Hey, get comfortable, relax, and here we go. My name is Derek Sheridan, and I'm currently a staff member for Rust Belt Basketball Coaches Network and a physical education teacher for Maumee City Schools, a large public school corporation located in Maumee, Ohio. Maumee is a city located in the upper middle of the Rust Belt near Lake Erie. I was a high school basketball coach for nearly three decades while coaching in both Indiana and Ohio. In 2020, I was forced to step away from coaching due to an unfavorable medical diagnosis. Since then, I've spent a lot of time thinking about my coaching career, my college and high school playing days, and all of the men who helped in my upbringing. After playing basketball for Gogebic Community College, located in Ironwood, Michigan, I transferred to Huntington College, located in Huntington, Indiana. While at HC, I was blessed to play for Coach Steve Platt. After my playing days ended, Coach Platt and I became friends, and over the years, our friendship became one of my most cherished. As we move forward into this ode to Coach Steve Platt, it's important for me to state to everyone that I'm not leading anyone to infer that bad-mouthing, comparing, or exuding venom towards the other coaches who I played for. I'm not, and I never would. They suffered and suffered greatly through coaching me, so there's certainly a special place in heaven for each of them based on that fact alone. My point is, all coaches are different in how they teach, administer their programs, treat their players, recruit, communicate, and hold their teams accountable. This is one of the greatest aspects of education, as each student athlete is presented with multitudes of different teaching and leadership styles from their teachers, professors, and coaches. These experiences vastly assist young people's transition into the real world. Coach Lynn Plett, P-L-E-T-T, was Coach Platt's predecessor at Huntington College. During that year, I was under redshirt status. I respected Coach Platt or Plett. Coach Platt was a fascinating coach to talk with, and he had a great understanding of how to communicate with college-aged young men. Lynn Plett had a lot of coaching experiences at multiple schools and had a lot of interesting stories, especially in regards to high school basketball in the state of Kansas. I don't know exactly what happened or the reason Coach Plett left, but he was a solid coach and a man of deep faith. Year number one, preseason. After Coach Platt accepted the head coaching position at Huntington College, he hosted our first team meeting, which was well organized and to the point. We left with a clear understanding that we were about to experience a complete overhaul. We were, in fact, 
just about to experience a massive overhaul. Coach Platt had inherited a program that hadn't experienced much success, but had a core of hardworking underclassmen who enjoyed each other's company and who wanted to win while at Huntington College. All of us had solid high school careers, but were sort of lost in the shuffle in being recruited. I think Coach Platt picked up on our unity early in our time together and liked it. In fact, I think he realized he could use said unity to ramp up his motivational methods to speed up the brainwashing process. The first thing I picked up on Coach Platt is he didn't speak about his playing days. As only one of us on the team could even come close to relating with Coach Platt's success as a college player, and that person would be Jeff Shepard. Jeff's dad, Billy Shepard, was Indiana's Mr. Basketball in 1968, had an amazing career at Butler, and then as a professional in the ABA, the now defunct American Basketball Association. In 1997, Billy Shepard was inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Jeff's brother, Scott, was a full-ride scholarship basketball player for Florida State. Jeff was a standout high school player for Carmel High School in Indiana. Additionally, Jeff's achievements at Huntington College were off the hook. Jeff was one of those rare athletes who made playing the game look easy. Additionally, Jeff is one of the most thoughtful and kind people I've had the pleasure to meet. Here's a list of Jeff's accomplishments while playing for Coach Steve Platt. 1999, NAI First Team All-American. Also 96 through 99, three-time All-American. 1999, MCC, the Crossroads Conference Player of the Year. Also 96 to 99, three times All-Conference. Number two all-time league scorer behind Coach Platt with 2,565 points. Led the team in scoring all four years. Number one all-time in three-pointers made. And if, in fact, Jeff made 10 in one game, which is crazy. 130 in one season and 442 made three-point shots in his career. The number one free throw percentage, you know, darn near 100%. I mean, he was 82.4% for a career and uh, had one game where he was 12 for 12 from the foul line. In 1999, Huntington College was conference champions. They also had a number seven national ranking in 1999. Carmel High School, all-time leading scorer with 2,565 points. And for those of you who might not be familiar with Indiana high school basketball, Carmel plays an unreal schedule. So for anyone to score that many points against that type of quality competition is indeed a stud. Coach Platt made the below document for Jeff, and you'll have access to that. All you've got to do is ask, and I'll send it to you via email. Coach did not use typical sports or basketball cliches. He spoke with an exacting firmness and specificity. Gray areas did not exist. His expectations for us were clear-cut, as were his teaching methodology. Most of all, he was consistent, ultra-focused, and deliberate. His mission was to turn our program into a championship-quality program. Over time, he accomplished his mission. Coach Platt's methods of rebuilding our basketball program did not fancy every player, and he knew that. And soon we did, too. I respected the fact that he didn't pay too much attention to our overall emotional well-being, as his foremost concern was motivating each of us to perform the tasks necessary for an overhaul. 
Am I leading you to infer that Coach was ill-tempered or hostile? No, absolutely not. Far from it. He pushed us. Compliments were earned, and it's my contention it should be that way. Why do I believe this? Because when a genuine compliment is given, it's a powerful motivator. When compliments are given without the earning part, they are just empty words that have no value. Coach Platt's preseason conditioning program was unreal. I had never been through anything as physically and mentally challenging as our preseason conditioning program. To say I enjoyed it would be a lie. However, it did bring us even more closer together as a unit and gave us valuable foresight as to what was in store for us. It was a combination of long distance running, short burst sprints, manual resistance training, weight training, plyometrics, explosion training, using jump boxes and pulls we had to jump over, and explosion lateral movement training. Here are some of the aspects of Coach's preseason conditioning program that I vividly remember. Organized to the letter, up-to-date stats were posted every day for us to see. Each day was organized into two different categories. Either A, meet in the weight room, or B, meet on the track. When we met in the weight room, the work was extremely difficult. It was circuit work, but we were at the age weightlifting and plyometrics were in vogue, and, and I think we kind of liked it. I, I use the word like, tongue-in-cheek. But when we saw the sign that read, meet on the track, this experience uh, made us pee just a little bit when seeing it. Terror and agony came to mind. The on-the-track workouts were unreal. But we all survived, and uh, it, looking back on it, um, if I had to do something like that now, there are not enough AEDs in the state of Ohio to uh, resuscitate me. Once we got through the coach's conditioning program and began our official practice sessions, the organization of practices were outstanding. Coach Platt's practices were fast-paced, ultra-competitive, and the most physical I had ever encountered. The amount of discipline and straightforward coaching was refreshing, but it was also unrelenting. The best way I heard it described was hand-to-hand -hand combat. Is that an exaggeration? <laughs> yeah, it is. But Mike McFarland's point was the practice sessions were physical. Coach administered running consequences for losing, not paying attention, missing free throws, and lackluster efforts. We had no problem with any of this as we wanted to take Huntington College to a higher level of play. I often caught myself thinking while running how lucky I was for having played high school basketball for coaches such as Dwayne Keesling, Jim Johnston, and Paul Kaiser. The aforementioned high school coaches were hard-nosed, demanding, and had a pure, unadulterated hatred for excuse-making, lackluster efforts, and despised weak-mindedness. Weak each had their own quote-unquote special ways of curing us from those mental liabilities. I liked the structure and lack of acceptance of lackluster effort as my parents and grandparents were and are not soft. I'm very blessed both of my parents are still alive and uh, they did not raise a snowflake. I was raised with structure, accountability, and an appreciation for competition. Another aspect of my childhood that had prepared me for Coach Platt's practices were my childhood heroes. Rick Stout, Scott Mugg, Doug Seagraves, Paul Kaiser, Hugh Gibson, Chris Kemp, all played high levels of basketball after graduating from Eastern Greentown or other local schools. 
Those said gentlemen saw potential in me when I was in elementary school. They were adored by my parents as they gave them a reprieve from having to be around me. <laughs> they would pick me up and drive me all over northern Indiana. Initially, I sat in the gyms and watched them play. Once I hit sixth grade, they let me play in the games with them. I got my brains beat out, but learned a lot about valuing possessions of the basketball, passing the ball to my teammates and not the other people on the court. Ball security and playing the game in such a way that I'd better have some noticeable deformities before getting back in the car for the ride home. All of those things helped me tremendously get through the practices that coach, and, and I, I guess I'm really referring more to the preseason training. But, um, you know, it takes times like that sometimes for people, including myself, to think about the people who put you in this position, the people who made these types of things normal, normalized them. And um, I was very blessed to grow up in Greentown, Indiana, and have such a, a group of great men take care of me and show me the ropes. Coach covered the windows on the gym doors prior to every practice to eliminate distractions. And when we had to practice in our second gym, which had a track surrounding it, he forcefully ran anyone who tried to enter out. We loved it. He was a demanding leader who didn't take flack from anyone. This was serious business and he let us know daily. Our fun time, fun being in quotation marks, was scrimmaging. Coach Platt's scrimmages were organized and designed for efficiency. Once we entered the part of preseason where we began scrimmaging more, we found out what his likes and dislikes were without him ever direct, directly telling us. We quickly found out that what he emphasized is what he expected. Coach emphasized communication, good, crisp passing, effective execution. He despised complaining in ugly, soft body language. He had no problem telling us who should be shooting, who should be screening, and what types of shots we were to take. Coach would walk around and through us while we were stretching at the beginning of practices. While he was walking, he'd tell us what to expect during practice and what he wanted to see from each of us. I really like this, and I stole that and used it in my coaching career. Coach was organized to the letter and an effective communicator. Um, he just was one of those special people who could say a lot with very using very few words. As we neared our first game, a non-conference game, I had never felt so prepared. Coach Platt had us ready to compete. Year number one, non-conference games or the non-conference portion of the season. We had a good start to our season and enjoyed each other's company while we were playing on the road. Here are some of my memories regarding the first part of our season while playing for Coach Platt. And again, this is year number one. While playing at Indiana University South Bend, we were beating them fairly well. Coach was up and down the sideline in front of our bench coaching our team up. The game reached the last two minutes of the second half, and I was the only player who had not entered the game. Coach Glancy, Coach Platt's uh, number one assistant, said something about it to Coach on the bench, and Coach yelled for me to come down to the end of the bench and sit next to him. I sat down, and he said, hey, this game isn't for you. It's being played at a racehorse tempo. I said, okay, coach. And he got up, trotted down the sidelines more, coaching the kids up. And when he crossed me again, he looked at me and said, I'm sure you know this, Derek, but I'm going to say it anyway. Derek, you're a plow horse. 
Plow horses don't fare well when playing with racehorses. I smiled and he slapped me on the back and said, I figured, or I'm sorry, rather he said, I figured you'd understand. I wanted to play, but he was right. I did want to play, but the fact that he took the time to talk to me during that situation meant a lot to me. And that kind of began our relationship. While we were playing at Hanover College and we're eating a pregame meal, the coaching staff was sitting at a table to our immediate right, and they weren't talking a lot. Those who know me know I like to talk a lot. Anyway, we were eating, and I'm talking about something, and I look up, and Coach Platt is looking directly at me. I stopped talking and continued to eat. A couple of, second late, couple of seconds later, I looked at Coach Platt, and he nodded at me. After we ate and we were walking out uh, to the lobby of Hanover's Dining Commons, Coach Platt said, Derek, you've got a lot of stories. There it was. He preferred us to eat and think about the upcoming game versus yakking and having to have the team listen to uh, me. (laughs) Another aspect of our Hanover trip I'll never forget is Coach Platt took us to the local high school the evening prior to our game, and we got to watch his beloved son, Ty, coach, as Ty was the head boys basketball coach at Hanover Central High School. We got to see a different side of Coach Platt. He was a nervous wreck watching Ty's team play. He sat by himself and was all over the place. I think it was the loudest I've ever heard him. People could say whatever they wanted about Coach Platt, but nobody could ever question his endearing love for his family or his faith in the Christ. We were getting ready to get on the bus to play Cedarville, which is in southern Ohio. As I was about to get on the bus, he stopped me and said, Who gets a B on a health class test? I said, well, apparently me. (laughs) He said, you are correct. Enjoy your last B in health class. I did not get another B in health class. Uh, Point taken. We always practiced at 8 a.m. on Saturdays. If we couldn't have a game, if we didn't have a game, I can't remember why, but we didn't have a practice on this certain Saturday. But Coach Platt had given us a day off. He told us after Friday's practice, and we were ecstatic. We were talking about how late we were going to sleep in on Saturday morning and what we were going to do for lunch on Saturday. And uh, we were pumped. At 8 a.m., someone was knocking on our door. My roommate, Greg Riepenhoff from Ottawa-Glandorf, Ohio, got up, opened the door, and it was Coach Glancy, who I really liked. Coach Glancy said, hey, are you ready to go? I said, to where? Coach Glancy said, let's go. You're going to Ohio Wesleyan with me to scout. I replied, no, thanks, Coach. I got back in bed, and as soon as I went to sleep, someone started pounding on the door again. My roommate, Greg, looked at me, so I knew it was my turn to go get the door. As he was beating on the door, I kept hearing, Derek, you in there? Derek, you in there? It was Coach Glancy again. I got out of bed, and Coach said, you ready yet? I said, sure, Coach. I'd love to go scouting with you. Coach said, I'm glad to hear that. I could use the company. I had a great day with Coach Glancy. He taught me how to fill out his scouting report by watching certain aspects of Ohio Wesleyan's offense. I still have that scouting report. We upset a team who was vastly better than us. They had a coach who had coached under the legendary Rick Majerus at Utah, the running Utes. We beat them solidly, solidly, and coach was his same old self 
in the locker room after the game. Not too high and not too low. Anyway, the opposition's coach came into our locker room and shook each one of our hands, including the coaches. After shaking our hands, he told us, we were tough to play against, execute well, and hoped we appreciated Coach Platt. Then he turned around and left. It was one of the uh, neatest things I had seen happen from an opposing coach after a, a tough game. Conference season, year one. Coach Platt and Coach Glancy were both good at preparing us to play against our opponents. We loved, absolutely loved the fact that they didn't make a stand ground and listen to them talk about the team we were getting ready to play. They put us, they put us through drill work they had designed to signify what the opposition did. From my previous playing experiences, the worst part of the week was the day before a game. Those practices were usually boring and non-competitive. Coach Platt and Coach Glancy let us bang with each other and did most of their talking while we were executing our drill work. I stole this concept from both of them and used it for most of my coaching career. We loved the fact that our practices were fast-paced and competitive. The only team who matched our physical style of play was Taylor University. Taylor was coached by the legendary Paul Patterson, who was also one of Coach Platt's dearest friends, and Coach's son, Ty, played for Paul Patterson at Taylor University. One of my memories that sticks out regarding our success was a question raised by one of our professors. I was walking to my seat in his classroom, and he asked me what I thought about Coach Platt. I replied, Coach Platt's really good coach. We like playing for him. The professor replied, that's good. I guess I missed the memo that stated we were starting a semi-pro basketball team at Huntington College. I chuckled and said, if that's the case, I wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near the gym. He didn't get it, um, but everybody else seemed to think it was funny. Anyway, we bannered back and forth for a second. And then I sat down in my seat and our professor walked next to me and kept talking about basketball and how none of us were going to be professional basketball players. We continued our semi-friendly chat to the point I was racking my Irish brain to find talking points so he'd keep talking about our basketball team. My biggest fear in that scenario was we would run out of things to talk about in regards to Huntington College basketball and actual class would start. I stretched that conversation out as far as humanly possible. Throughout the conference season and into our league tournament, Coach Platt and Coach Glancy worked us hard, kept us prepared, and made us sure we were all getting good grades. They both made that season a successful building block for the seasons to come. Our postseason banquet was high class, and the team really appreciated our coaching staff's vested interest in us. Year number two. My senior year was great, selfishly writing. Huntington College had back-to-back -back winning seasons. I met my future wife while attending Huntington. Coach Platt and I developed a strong working-class relationship during my senior season. Once he found out that I wanted to be a teacher and a basketball coach, our relationship grew. We would talk about a lot of coaching aspects, his philosophy, and how much he respected school teachers. One of the last things he, he told me while I was playing for him was, Derek, I worry about you expecting all of your players to play as hard as you do. Well, that statement elated me. Up to that point in time, it was the most heartfelt statement he had ever issued in my direction, and I never forgot it. Coach had a special way of, I don't want to say catering, because that's not true, but he had a special way of making players such as myself who weren't very athletic but worked hard feel important. And that's something else I took from him um, 
he was just such a great communicator with college aged college aged young men. Coach Pat Platt and Coach Glancy were outstanding recruiters. They recruited players who would fit in with our system and with the physical and mental demands placed upon us. Our coaching staff brought in four players my senior year who changed the, the dynamic of Huntington College basketball. Matt Eberly from Manchester High School, Indiana. Matt was a great leader and the most fundamentally sound point guard whom I'd ever teamed with. Brody Garber from Fairfield High School in Northern Indiana. And Brody's Fairfield team just won the Indiana Class 3A State Championship. Brody could play every position and could play each position effectively. Brody was the best athlete I'd ever teamed with and had a sense of humor that filled the gym. We've talked a lot about Jeff Shepard already from Carmel, Indiana. I vividly remember Jeff's first campus visit. Coach Platt had Brandon Murphy and myself walk Jeff around campus and talk to him about our experiences at Huntington College. Our first impressions of Jeff were his well-spokenness and his gentlemanly demeanor. Just a class act. After we entered the gym and began shooting, since there was only three of us, we only took out one basketball. Jeff began shooting, and Brandon and I quickly became his rebounder, as he never missed. Impressive, to say the least. If Jeff Shepard was six foot five, he would have had a long career, successful career, in the NBA. Ryan Ripke from Pettisville, Ohio. Ryan was not the best athlete nor the best player of the aforementioned recruits. However, Ryan was the glue who hold everything together. He had the best practice habits of anybody in the program. Ryan didn't get to play a lot during his freshman year, but he practiced like he did. He had 0.0 fear. He was a warrior. Ryan had a large impact on my coaching philosophy. During post-season workouts and open gyms, everyone wanted Ryan on their team. Lastly, some of my fondest memories of being a head coach correlate with my years at Delta High School in Ohio, where Ryan was the successful head girls basketball coach. The aforementioned players, coupled with their coaching staff's leadership, took Huntington College men's basketball to, to new heights. From my perspective, it was unreal to watch Huntington College basketball's program, basketball program excel with players who were great people, students, and school citizens, and most importantly, hard workers. I also have to mention Gabe LaGrange, who played high school basketball at Alexandria High School in Central Indiana for the legendary Hall of Fame coach, Garth Cohn, and Eric Farrell, who played high school basketball at Kokomo High School in Northern Indiana for the legendary Hall of Famer coach, Basil Malby. They were a part of the coaching, coaching staff's recruiting class the following season. Gabe and Eric were not just great basketball players, but they are even better people. Post-graduation with Coach Platt. Here are a few of the impressions regarding Coach Platt that stuck with me, or still stick with me, I should say. His affection for his wife, Peggy, gave me direction into married life as a head coach. Additionally, the coach's love for his children was more than noticeable. Watching and listening to Coach interact with his family left a lasting impression on me and more than likely all of us. Watching how Coach Platt carried himself or his public demeanor also had an impact on me. Coach walked with a brisk pace and a serious demeanor and with a serious demeanor. When he was on campus, he was all business. Some of the professors on campus were not so supportive initially. Coach Platt didn't care. He could care less. Their opinions were non-task relevant. 
I learned a lot about the importance of identifying task relevance and task irrelevance while playing for Coach Platt. Keeping one's focus on task relevant activities, thoughts, and challenges will take them a long way, no matter what, what profession, industry they are competing in. Coach Platt had a deep pond on his farm and would let me fish in it as long as I obtained his permission first. My roommate, Greg, and a fellow Greentown buddy, Greg Craig Musgrave, would fish, his, would fish Coach's pond a lot. Talking to Coach Platt's during those informal times was great. I got to see a lot more of his personality and sense of humor. We talked a lot about my professional goals, keys to being a good husband. Stephanie and I had just been married and who he was recruiting. These conversations led to some of my fondest memories of Huntington College as coach allowed me to help him recruit. It was a great experience. After graduation, Stephanie and I were immediately married and started our teaching coaching journey. Back then, having credible references was part of obtaining an interview. And I had a few references, but needed more. After Stephanie and I moved back to Greentown, as, as I had taken a job working for the Greentown Utilities Department and for my father's side business, which was a small engine shop, and we also mowed lawns on the side. Coach Platt called me one evening just after we'd moved and asked where I was applying for jobs and what each job entailed. After telling him, he told me to add his name to my reference page and get the names and phone numbers of the employers who had granted me interviews. I'd call him and tell him and he'd make a call for me, which really meant a lot. And, you know, if, if you're applying for a job and you get an interview and Steve Platt makes a, a call for you, the odds of you getting that job or at least a second interview are pretty darn high. Coach secured a PE job for me at a local Catholic middle school and also a middle school basketball coaching position. This pattern continued for several years as Stephanie and I uh, found ourselves moving a lot so I could climb the coaching ladder. Eventually, I started getting interviews for head coaching positions, and Coach Platt continued to help me. One of my most cherished memories of Coach is when he called me after we had secured our first win, or after I had secured our first win as a head coach, and told me he was proud. And, uh, you know, I darn near choked up in the car. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting, uh, I had a, a old beater, an old Ford Tempo, and uh, he called, and uh, he could just make you feel like you were uh, on top of the world. As the years flew by, Coach would watch my teams play in the summer if we played near Huntington College. He would always talk to my players after the summer tournament had ended, and the kids loved listening to him. They especially loved him telling them stories about me. I started hosting coaching clinics as a fundraiser for my basketball programs. For our 2002 clinic, Coach Platt headlined it and our attendance exploded. He was a great clinician. Taking the podium, I knew he was going to uh, crack a joke about me, so I thought I was somewhat prepared. As Coach took the podium, he talked about his current team, and then he looked at me and said, Derek didn't look like he does now when he played for me. I wouldn't recommend participating in the Derek Sheridan diet plan. It was funny, but it was also true. Um, I, I I knew it was coming, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you pick up on a person who has a personality like Coach Platt, and they only pick on people they like. So I kind of took that as a uh, badge of honor. After Stephanie and I moved to Ohio, Coach Platt and I still stayed in touch. We'd stop by Coach Platt's house on the way back to Toledo after birthdays and holiday celebrations in Greentown. And uh, it would always be a scenario where 
it would be like six o'clock in the evening, maybe seven. And I'd tell Stephanie just in to say hi. And I always had, uh, we always ordered an extra t-shirt or a pullover for coach and, and Peggy. And, uh, that quick time would end up being a two hour, uh, delay, but I enjoyed every second of talking to him and Peggy. Coach made the drive to watch one of my teams. And I still have memories of that evening. It was great. Um, talking with him after the game, uh, just fantastic experience. After I'd been fired from Washington Senior High School in Ohio, I interviewed for a PE teaching position and head boys basketball coaching position for a high school located in Northeast Indiana. I was offered the position, but they did not have a teaching position for Stephanie. During that time of my life, coaching was extremely important to me. I wanted to be a head coach again badly. After speaking with my dad about the situation Stephanie and I had found ourselves in, I called Coach Platt. Coach told me that if I moved for a coaching position and left my wife in Ohio, it'd be a huge mistake. He and my father both said basically the same things. Both my dad and coach made sure I knew they were fervently in favor of me not taking that job and staying with Stephanie. Coach was a little irritated with me and made sure I knew it. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. Derek, your wife is more important than coaching a game. He was certainly right. And I was very, very grateful for his candor. As time passed, Coach Platt and I would talk on our phones regarding topics that ranged from Peggy's health, Polly's family, politics, Ty's career, his grandchildren, and what college teams he liked to watch. Oftentimes, I find myself reaching for my cell phone to text or call him, especially after watching a, a college team whose players sit down in a stance and defend and pass the ball more than two times before chucking up a shot. In you know, then in those situations, real reality creeps in and it's kind of a bummer, but just having the memory of all those conversations warms my heart to this day. So I'm on a transition now and these words were written by Ryan Ripke. My name is Ryan Ripke and I am a 1999 graduate of Huntington College University, Huntington College, which is now Huntington University. I had the privilege of being taught the college basketball ropes by Coach Sheridan as we were teammates at Huntington College for one year. I also had the privilege of being on Coach Platt's first recruiting class that included the likes of Jeff Shepard, Brody Garber, Matt Eberly. This recruiting class changed the trajectory of the men's basketball program at Huntington and is a big reason why Huntington is regarded as one of the premier basketball schools in the Crossroads League and in the NAIA. And Ryan's correct. One thing um, I was really surprised about when I moved to Ohio was when I'd speak to other coaches, getting to know them. Everybody knew Huntington and everybody associated Huntington with Steve Platt. Notice I didn't mention any of my stats, records, or all conference achievements, that's because I have none. I was an above average high school basketball player that was fortunate enough to have my sister dating a guy on the basketball team who told Coach Platt to check me out. He did and he offered me a basic scholarship and even drove to Pettisville for my signing. But that was Coach. He treated everyone the same, from the first team All-American, to the last guy on the bench, all the way down to the team managers. After graduation, I got the awesome opportunity to learn even more from Coach Platt as he asked me to step in to be one of his assistant coaches. One of the things that made Coach Platt's coaching accomplishments more impressive is back in those days, 
the college did not make any extra commitment to their athletic department. So he had one assistant for a majority of his tenure. So for the next four years, I was able to learn on one, not only the game of basketball from him, but also many life lessons that I still apply and teach to my players and my four children. Coach Sheridan talked about the hardworking underclassmen that Coach Platt inherited. Well, Coach Platt was an extremely hard-nosed man, extremely focused and determined, and if you were going to play for him, you had better be the same way. Every fall, he put us through a brutal 6 a.m. conditioning workout in the gym, followed by sprints on the track. And if you ever thought of quitting or acted like you wanted to quit, he would tell you that if you quit today, you'll quit anytime, especially as soon as life gets hard, you'll quit. And life is much harder than college basketball. He never promised any recruit a starting position or playing time. He promised them an opportunity to compete, to be part of something bigger than themselves, and to be part of something special. And when it came down to it, he usually got the guys he wanted, and the others went somewhere else where they were given promises of starting positions or playing time. But Coach never wavered from who he was and what he was about. He had his principles and he stuck to them. Finally, what really made Coach Platt special was how he treated people. I was with him for eight years, and in that time, that was his greatest lesson he taught me. He treated players like sons. He loved them, regardless of whether they were all Americans or all practice squad. The managers of, managers of his team were always treated the same as the players. He had great relationships with almost all of his fellow coaches and opposing players. I heard a story of an opposing player telling one of my teammates after he had graduated that Coach Platt treated him with more respect than his college coach did. Coach Platt treated him like a real person. Coach Platt knew Indiana basketball royalty. Heck, Coach Platt was Indiana basketball royalty, but he never acted like he was better than anyone else. He was a giant of a man with a booming laugh, but he had no ego. And when he put his arm around you, you felt like you were royalty because that's how he made you feel. Summation. Coaches like Coach Platt are a valuable resource. It's my contention that athletics and public education would be much more effective with people like Coach Platt leading them. One of the hot topics in modern coaching is transformational coaches versus transactional coaches. Even though I have a master's degree in athletic administration and coaching, I'm not really sure how coaching can be broken down into leadership into just two categories. In modern society, transformational coaches are thought to be superior to transactional coaches. There are a lot of moving parts and ideals involved in both theories. To me, it's sort of a muddy concept. However, the word I use when asked about Coach Platt is effective. To me, that's most important. I'll wrap things up with this. America needs more men like Steve Platt. I get asked a lot, what type of coach I was. My response is, I don't know. You'll have to ask the young men who played for me and my old coaching staff or staffs. I do know this. If you ask the players who played four years for Coach Platt, you what their impression of Coach Platt is, you'd better have a lot of time on your hands because they're going to tell you in great detail how Steve Platt made them better players, students, and people. I have additional information regarding Coach Platt here I'd like to read to you. Coach Platt's accomplishments were incredible. Five MCC 
tournament championships, one NAIA national runner-up, two Final Four appearances, 23 All-American honors, 42 All-Conference honors, and eight MCC Players of the Year. 300-plus wins. Coach Platt's winning percentage was 70%, which is the highest in school history. MCC Coach of the Year twice. Best single season or best single season overall record of 34 and 5 in 99 and 2000. An overall conference record of 141 and 63. Best single season conference record of 14 and 2. Said accomplishments were incredible and worthy of accolades, but it pales in comparison to his impact he had on us. I've attached some links that can provide you with more information regarding Coach Platt and his career. And I've listed my contact information on this document and this presentation that I'm accessing now. A lot of people didn't realize that Coach Platt um, had served in the military. And Peggy was so gracious in, in giving me these pictures to add to this presentation. And if you click here, you can get the document I just read. There's some more great pictures of Coach. I really like the one in the middle. That That's Coach Platt to a T. And I think, I think that look in this <laughs> here was it me and I can just read as my what is he doing here to the far right coach Platt's most prized possession is family and this picture here is just what it's all about my goodness what a great guy what a great guy There's Ty, and there's Peggy, there's Polly. There's Ryan. And that this picture is uh, from the Hall of Fame banquet when Coach Platt got inducted into the Indiana High School, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. There's another picture of Ryan. And here's a couple pictures that... Uh, I found contact information here. If you would like this presentation, all you need to do is email or text me or call me, and I will most certainly send it to you. I will send you the document I read as well. So there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Um, I made it through without choking up, um, which I'm a little bit surprised at. I I, I think this is uh, round seven for me trying to get this um, accomplished for for Coach Platt and his family and and for all the Huntington College faithful. So if you again, if you would like this presentation, please contact me. I would love to send it to you. God bless. Thank you for your attention. Have a great rest of your week, folks. God bless.